Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they interact in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we've got a lot to talk about today because we had a wonderful event over the weekend, a two-day event, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. This is an annual event, educational event that Texas Values hosts and executes. And so I hope you were part of it. If you weren't, no problem. We've got an opportunity for you to still access the live stream and recorded version. We're also going to be putting up some highlights of what happened on some key panels throughout the weekend. But we're going to talk about some of that today. So if you missed some of that, you're in luck because, and if you're watching on Facebook, we want you to like this, share it, put it into some groups. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do that right now on my page because we've got a wonderful guest with us today and a lot of great information was exchanged last week. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we have this event. You know, you hear us talk about it to educate, motivate, and activate. And so often that can be done very well in person, but a lot of people did access the live stream and, and the event is held right here in Central Texas. So I know sometimes it's difficult for people to travel uh, from different parts of the state. They've got different commitments. So maybe you watch the live stream, but Arena Grosu is gonna be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. She's a familiar face for Texas Values. She serves as a communication and policy advisor for Texas Values through the business that she runs. And I told Arena that I'm gonna do a better job of sort of outlining her bio and it's quite long. I'm not gonna go into all of it, okay? She's quite accomplished, but just to give people a little bit of update, but also to get a, a really good sense uh, of her background. So the uh, business that she runs is called Arate Global Consulting. And this is something that she does not only in Texas, but throughout the country and I guess since it's global throughout the world, okay, where wherever arena is needed, all right? But she has her undergraduate degree from University of Notre Dame. She also has a master's degree from the University of Mary, and she's working on her PhD, and I have to read this so I can pronounce it the right way. Maybe she'll, she can pronounce it for me. Where is this on her bio? The Regina Apostolorum, which I'm told is in Rome. Uh, before that arena was... Um, did substantial amount of work for Family Research Council. And more recently, during the Trump administration, she served as senior, senior communications advisor to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in the Office of Civil Rights. That's a long title. Arena, <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, it's always a pleasure to be with you. It's like I just saw you a couple of days ago. <laughs> Right. He did. I was. I was uh, it, but no, I say that because it was great to see you. And we don't always get to see each other in person. Um, Arena does work throughout the country. She does do work with us in Texas, but a lot of times it's done remotely. And it was great to have just about every member of the Texas Values team that are a part of our work in one way or another at the two-day event. Um, and again, if you missed it, go to our website. I think we've got the live streams sort of archived. You can see some of that. If you go to Facebook, you can see some of the Facebook live sessions that um, where we put those up on Facebook, on social media. But, you know, we packed a lot into two days, you know, um, and, you know, you were able to get home and maybe catch your breath a little bit. But I was, you know, I, I was trying to get some rest on Sunday. It was a long couple of days, but definitely worth it. Uh, and this is. The second? Yeah, the second one that you were a part of. So yeah. um, did you enjoy yourself and some good interactions while you were there? It was fantastic. And just for everyone uh, listening in 
watching, uh, there were about 50 speakers. It was a huge event and Ted Cruz uh, keynoted the dinner. It was just a fantastic event. So many great panels on all the different issues that Texas Valleys works on and really that are top of the line issues right now in our country when it comes to social issues, the abortion issue, post-Roe, saving women's sports, school choice, uh, the gender ideology, you have it all. And also just even activism within your state. So it was just a great lineup, uh, really great topics. And it was just really fun to be there with, with the team and also to interact with the speakers. Yeah, no, I, I get a lot of energy from it, even though it takes a lot of energy out of you. Like I was kind of joking, you know, leading up to it. It's a big party we're going to have for two weeks, right? So it kind of feels like that when it's an event that that you're helping lead, you know, and everybody's coming over and, you know, you want to show people a good time, but we do want to have a lot of value in what we do. These are important issues that we're talking about. Um, Coach Joe Kennedy, who won his football prayer case at the U.S. Supreme Court, he was there. Ken Paxson, our attorney general, was there, as you mentioned, Ted Cruz, and a lot of other great people. I want to talk specifically about, uh, you led two panels on the life issue, but I want to talk a little bit more detail about the one on Friday. And I think, you know, part of our goal is to make it relevant. It's not, oh, that was last year. You know, every year it's it's really about what's happening right now and getting speakers to come in um, that are currently involved in something is sometimes difficult because they're, they're in demand and they're very active. But we're able to do that. So the panel that you were on on Friday that you led, we had Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life, okay, who who has worked in Texas before, but is definitely one of the most recognizable pro-life figures, and particularly as it relates to a religious leader. Um, we also had Mark Lee Dixon, who some people may not know about it, some in Texas. He goes around the state and around the country now um, helping pass ordinances that are called Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn, kind of a novel idea. He was a part of the help with the heartbeat law. Then you had Abigail Bora, she is a leader for the John Paul II Life Center, which is a nonprofit, um, really not just a pregnancy center. It's a full um, medical facility where they deliver babies, they give prenatal care and all kinds of wonderful things, but it's faith-based. And then you've then um, we also had John McNamara, who is leads an organization called the Texas Pregnancy Care Network, and they're an entity that really helps get resources and funding to pro-life pregnancy, center, pregnancy centers and others. And so, you know, kind of an interesting mixture of people that hit this issue in different ways, but um, all four of them are working on the life issue in, in, in different ways. I know you and Father Pavone have known each other. Um, let's start with him. I mean, what, what did you think about some of his comments and, and what he had to say on Friday? Yeah, well, Father Pavone, obviously leading Priest for Life, has been so involved in the pro-life movement for many, many years. And uh, really, one of my questions to him on the panel was, how should the church get involved and what will it take? And really, it does take uh, the community um, the, and every parish and also the priest and to, to, to do the kind of work that needs to be done in a post-Roe America, um, to be there for women. So our conversation was on that, also on, on strategy. You know, of course we have, here we are in a post-Roe America um, and we really do need to look at um, the midterms and who's getting uh, voted in uh, and just some of these resources that we're trying to make available to women um, in a post-Roe America. So our conversation with him was, uh, 
discussing a lot about, about that and really just um, equipping the audience to see how they can get involved in a, in a poster America themselves. Well, and look, you know, he's, I mentioned he, he worked in Texas for a while. He travels around the country and, you know, and, and, you know, he, he celebrates mass regularly. And so he's got some of those core duties as a priest, but I'd also think people get very encouraged to see someone like him who is, um, you know, he hasn't abandoned his role as a religious leader. He still exercises that, but he's also able to allow other people to see that there's a place to do that for religious leaders to talk about the issue. And obviously he runs an organization that's focused on the life issue. Um, but he, and it helps people see how important your Christian faith can be, your religious life can be to issues like life, right? And, and so that we're doing it in a Christ-like, in a considerate way. And these are very sensitive, touchy issues, right? I mean, they're life and death. It can, you know, a lot of times when women are sort of in the middle of this decision, if you will, or it feels that way to them, um, it can be a very difficult, a vulnerable, and a stressful time for them. And so the more that we're able to demonstrate that compassion and concern, I think that's extremely helpful. But he does talk a lot about on the importance of elections. I think he served in some role under President Trump as sort of a, you know, one of the pro-life leaders um, in that. So, I mean, and, and elections have consequence. I mean, one of the reasons I've got this you know, creative backdrop behind me. The legislative session is starting soon. This is the Texas House behind me. This is what it looks like. We're going to be over there pretty soon. I mean, after November, the legislative session here in Texas starts in January. And, you know, who you elect uh, will decide who's going to be in this room, if you will, behind me and making decisions. And, you know, there were reports, Arena, over the weekend. We were having our event. There's a news outlet an entity called Texas Tribune, they were also having their event in the Austin area. They tend to, I feel like, uh, look at things in a little bit liberal, more liberal view. They would probably say they're nonpartisan, but um, there was a lot of focus at their event on, or, you know, or at least comments that were critical of pro-life issues and a couple of Republicans saying, you know, suggesting that they wanted to change some pro-life laws to water them down and to make them a little bit weaker. And so, as we go into November, I mean, we're just a couple of weeks away from early voting starting in Texas. The life issue certainly seems to be rising up as one of the more important issues that's going to be talked about in relation to the upcoming midterm elections and elections in people's states. I think that's a good thing, uh, but it's it certainly it's not because we're involved in it. I think it really we're really seeing that across the country. Well, yeah, of course, the life issue is is uh, an, a very important issue, obviously, for, for us. Um, but one interesting thing I actually saw in a survey in a recent poll was that, you know, top of the mind for people are things like the economy, inflation, a lot of those issues. And um, the left is trying to make the life issue as 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 bigger than some of these um, issues on for, for voting. But really, I think that people are looking at what's happening in the country and worried about their kids' schools, et cetera. Um, on, on our end here, we have about 20 some states um, that have some or all um, have prohibited some or all abortions. And look, the sky hasn't fallen, right? We have yeah. uh, women who are getting the services they need and we're increasing those and all those states are working on, on increasing the way that they can support these women. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle um, in terms of making sure that the states that have 
past protections are going to keep those protections and we're going to keep on working on those states uh, that don't have protections to increase protections for the preborn and also support for for the moms and the babies um, but I think that it's it's really critical for us to stay involved um, across the board um, not just until midterms certainly really just stay involved because this is a very interesting time in in our in our well history, in our history and um you know we just need to do everything we can um to to do our parts and be active we're talking with arena grossu she is the founder and principal at arate global consulting she's also a communications and policy advisor for texas values we're talking about primarily the faith family and freedom forum event the two-day event that texas values had last weekend and specifically a pro-life panel that arena was helping lead and i'll tell you um you know you, you look at uh th there were two on friday we had a pro-life panel that you helped moderate and also on saturday you had um sba list or sba uh, foundation where they've got a new project called her plan you had abigail bora talking about some of the things that they're doing through the john paul ii life center you had john mcnamara talking about the texas pregnancy care network so many people that are doing a tremendous amount of work. And some of that has benefited because the state has set aside $100 million for alternatives to abortion to serve the needs of women um, and to help them when their children are born. And so I was really excited to see and, and that we were able to put a lot of focus on that, uh, you know, um, for people that are thinking about, well, now what? I mean, you know, more babies are going to be born, how these states are going to respond. And so you see that this work has been going on for a while. Some has started more recently that's added to that, but uh, a lot of great activity going on that shows that we can support these women and babies and that Texas in many ways uh, is leading some really valuable efforts. Well, I think Texas is certainly leading the way with the Texas uh, Pregnancy Care Network. Uh, the fact that Texas right now gives, as you mentioned, $100 million in grants to um, pregnancy centers, as well as adoption services, foster parenting services, et cetera, is such a great example to the rest of the nation. And we need to have more states do that uh, because we, we are... Um, not only talking the talk, but we are walking the walk. We love these women. We love these babies. And we're, we're here to support them. And Texas is doing a great job. I know that they're looking to increase the funding even past the $100 million mark. And, um, you know, it is, it is important for other states to find ways to also fund these um, pregnancy centers. But also one of the really um, interesting and exciting components is that uh, as a pro-life movement, we're also looking into disco uh, discovering ways to increase medical clinics so that uh, they, as you mentioned, just like the JP2 Life Center um, offers comprehensive um, services, not only for women, women's health across the board, prenatal, postnatal, et cetera, with, um, with physicians, but also to serve uh, families, to serve men and children as well, uh, because really the way that the delivery of abortion is through our healthcare system. So we need a renewal in ethical healthcare and being able to uh, provide um, that kind of care through these medical centers that really tr truly care for women, men, children. And so that is really an exciting component of uh, renewing what we're doing in a post-rural America. There is certainly a, a more need for that. 
of course, uh, the, the threat of the chemical abortions and the way that right now that is being the vehicle um, that abortion is delivered. And in fact, I think uh, between 50 and perhaps 75% of abortions are now through chemical abortions. So there's yeah, certainly the threats on the market um, in, in, on that front. No, the percentage has gone way up. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, and it's we're talking with Arena Grossu. She is one of the most recognizable pro-life leaders uh, across the state, excuse me, across the country, and maybe a little bit more now in Texas, as she's been spending time working with us at Texas Values for, for over a year. And we're excited about continuing that partnership and work together. But you'll see her on a variety of different outlets. She's done uh, work for some national organizations, but a lot of focus uh, of your time, probably close to two decades on the pro-life movement and effort in religious liberty and rights of conscience as well. You know, you think about going into the November elections arena, there are some people that are that may feel like, well, look, Roe versus Wade was overturned. We're good. I mean, pro-life victory, no question. Roe versus Wade being overturned in the Dobbs v. Jackson case in June, on June 24 specifically, um, is, is one of the most important Supreme Court decisions ever. And definitely a key moment. Now we don't have the Supreme Court case holding us back from protecting life, but it's not over, right? I mean, one of the things we're seeing is that you're seeing some people that are pro-abortion at the national level, at the federal level, they want to pass now a federal law that says whatever Roe versus Wade said, right? And so as we continue to have these discussions, there's still a lot of work to do, but at the federal level and the state level. Right. And so and a lot does depend on who gets elected. So if people think, you know, we're in a good shape, we're in a much better condition and, and place on the pro-life movement. There's no doubt. But that could end very quickly if people sort of lose their focus and don't realize because we you know, you, we're not used to hearing about this, that a federal law is going to be voted on to allow abortion like Roe versus Wade, because everyone's sort of just you know focused on the Supreme Court. That certainly could happen. And so who gets elected? Um, in these midterm elections and at the state level uh, could have a tremendous impact on that. And I agree with you. The general public is not talking about the life issue more. I think the left is trying to focus on it more because they think it's a weakness. And I want people to realize it's not. If they want to focus on that more, it's a strong point. But it is not an issue that is um, probably in the top two or three for Americans because they've got inflation and economics. They've got so many things pressing down on them um, that, that are of concern and, and, and education, I think, is, is somewhat a little bit higher on the minds of people. Um, but there is a little bit of a percentage of faction there. So those pro-life voters need to make sure that they get out. And so, um, you know, I, I had I really enjoyed having uh, Markley Dixon in the panel as well. I don't know if you all had met before. We He and I have only interacted a few times. But, you know, kind of a, um, you know, a guy that, you know, stays behind the scenes a little bit, just but I mean, he's working a lot in Texas, but obviously around the country and getting these, you know, small cities and municipalities to take votes. And, and it's helping people see that there, you know, there is some um, some momentum uh, on the life issue that that's continuing even after June that I think is very encouraging. Oh, yes. Uh, that was my first time meeting uh, Mark Lee at Dixon. And it was great because what he's doing is fantastic. There are probably about now 50 cities that are have become sanctuary cities for the unborn, and especially in in states that um, where you can't really pass protections for life, 
it's important for cities to take ownership of their own um, specific area and say, well, you know what, we don't want an abortion facility in our town. Yeah. And as he mentioned, uh, when an abortion facility is planted in a town, it becomes that town's problem. And if there are um, health and safety standards that are not up to par in, in there, it becomes their problem. If women are uh, taken in ambulances out of there, it becomes their problem. And so cities that don't want abortion facilities in their town can also set it up through you know, through their um, through their mayor and and uh, Mark Lee Dixon actually offers um, model ordinances on the website, and um, it's 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 great because that is one way to limit abortion, even if it is locally. But that's how it starts. And as you mentioned, we can't sit on our laurels and think, oh well, now Roe v. Wade is overturned and everything um, will be just fine in terms of the abortion issue. As, as Jill Stanek on the panel also said, any of the states that are right now protecting human life could switch like this um, in, at a moment's notice. And so it's important for us to continue to fight, not only to protect the right to life in, in the states that are right now um, being protective, but also to uh, see if the, we could put limits on abortion in the other states, whether it's through these health and safety standards at abortion facilities. Look, there, pools, um, hair salons should not have more health and safety standards than an abortion facility. Um, and they don't get a they don't get a, a, a free pass because they're an abortion facility. Um, and so if if uh, those women are getting injured, um, if there are um, no way for an, uh, an ambulance to come through, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those things are really low-hanging fruit for, for us in terms of, look, we're just asking that these abortion facilities at least uh, come and meet certain basic um, health and safety standards. But of course, setting um, abortion limits uh, based on gestational age, uh, setting limits on uh, making sure that there's parental consent for abortions, um, setting limits on telemedicine when it's used for abortions, et cetera. There's so many ways that states can limit abortion to make sure that the women in their states are not um, the victims of the abortion industry. No, you're right. We're talking with Arena Grosu. She led, it was a moderator for two pro-life panels this weekend at the Texas Values Faith Family and Freedom Forum. And she's been uh, providing a lot of great support on things that we're involved in here at Texas Values as a part of our team, as I like to say. Uh, and, and we appreciate that, too, because of the vantage point that you have, the experience that you've had on some of these issues. You were at a uh, event this week in I don't know. Where were y'all? Where's the pro? I don't even know where it was. Oh, we were we were in Arlington, Virginia. OK. And I think Mary Elizabeth from our team was there as well. A lot of talk about the pro-life issue. There'll be other events of this type um, that you'll see because there is a lot of momentum. People are excited. And there's no doubt, you know, getting Roe versus Wade out of the way, if you will, um, is important. And to your point about what's happening in some other states, because we've shut all that down in Texas, there's some litigation going on this week, but all that stuff will be tossed aside, uh, I'm certain, because the Supreme Court has said there is no federal constitutional right to an abortion. That has been the key of that decision for so long to sort of get around that or have to deal with that. And it's no there, it's not there anymore. So these things are really up for people to decide in their state level how they want to do it. Um, the state of Kentucky is taking a vote on this on November 8th. Our good friend David Walls that is leading that effort 
So check your state ballot. If you're in other states and you're wondering what's happening in my state, there might be something on the ballot where specifically you're going to be voting on the life issue. But uh, a lot of different things, I think, that are going to continue to happen that show that there's momentum around the life issue. But, you know, continue to be an opportunity to talk about the issue because it's become much more important for people to think about after the Supreme Court decision um, earlier this year in, in June. And so um, if you didn't see the panel or you weren't at the event, you want to get the live stream, check it out. You can see the ones that Arena moderated on Friday and Saturday. We're working on making those available and kind of putting it together in a little bit more organized way. Um, so be watching our websites and our social media channels. Um, but I think at least one of them is on Facebook Live, if y'all want to check that out. And so, Arena, great job over the weekend. We love having you a part of uh, the work that we do. We're looking forward to doing more of that, and we hope to see you soon. And we appreciate Arena Grosu for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Okay, I almost ran out of time. We're having such a great discussion and an important discussion, Okay. So, uh, but a couple of programming things, all right, as Arena exits our Zoom page, we did have these cool little footballs. I heard, you knew I was going to work in a little bit of football talk, even though my Longhorns uh, need to get uh, their act together. We've got these cool 10th anniversary footballs, and we specifically made sure we didn't give them all away at the event because they're kind of fun, maybe sort of a stress ball, but um, as a way to celebrate 10 years of Texas Values, so if you'd like to get one, we can still make that available. If you want to make a tax deductible donation for $50 or more, when you send in your donation, just put a note and say, I want the football. <laughs> okay, we'll send you one. But we're almost at the end of the month. Okay. And so a lot of our budget is designed on a monthly basis. So uh, today and tomorrow, last two days of the month, we need your support. This event, I'm going to tell you, costs a little bit more than, uh, than maybe we had uh, expected a couple of different places where we had to do something new, but it was so worth it. So if you can help support the work we just finished and what we're doing forward as we're in, um, letting people know about elections, we're about to send a press release out about Round Rock. Okay. Huge update on our work in Round Rock ISD that parents are going to care about. You want to check that out. Go to txvalues.org. If you can make that tax deductible no donation today, you'll help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.